Good morning, those online. Great to have you with us. Good morning to those in the room. Great to see you chatting. Hopefully, give us a wave if you met somebody new just now. Oh, great. Give us a wave if you talk to someone, but you forgot their name, honestly. All right, someone just put their hand up and you were talking to them. Just go and make sure you reintroduce. That happens to me all the time, even to my own kids. What's your name again? Barry? Where is Barry? He's, yeah, somewhere. No, his name's Harry, but I just, he doesn't like it when I call him Barry. Obviously. Um, few things before we get into God's Word. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 3 in a moment, so if you've got your Bibles and you don't know where 1 Samuel 3 is, you can um, take your time to find it while I chat a couple of things. The first thing is we've got a bit of staff news happening this week. We are saying uh, goodbye to, where is she, Beck. Beck has been in the office uh, at our admin, in our admin role for the past almost three years, um, doing a fantastic job, especially through COVID and through a lot of changes uh, in that role. And so she's going to be greatly missed. She's finished up this week and she's off to Melbourne to bigger and greater things. She's telling us about a new job already and we're a little bit jealous, but um, we're going to miss you, Beck, and we're really thankful for all that you've done for the team and uh, all you've brought to the, to the life of the church. And so can we give uh, Beck a bit of a hand and say thank you to Beck? She's going to be, she's already moved down to Melbourne, but she'll, you'll see her around still. She, she promised she'll still be back to visit. Um, so make sure you say hi and bye to Beck and, um, and thank you as well if you, if you get a chance. Uh, and the other thing is, you may have noticed that I was, I've been away. Maybe you didn't notice. If you didn't notice, that's great as well. Uh, how good was the stories of hope? Uh, and Pastor Lauren did a fantastic job um, of hosting them and putting those all together. And so, um, yeah, thanks to, to Pastor Lauren for, for doing that. Lauren is on the Young Adults Retreat right now. I think they're on their way home at some point today. Uh, having a great time down in Rosebud uh, with the young adults down there. So if you're wondering, oh, there's a few young adults missing this morning. Rosebud, that's where they are. I don't think it's windy or cold down there. I think it's just like a little patch of summer in Rosebud. Um, so, but I'm sure they're having a great time. Um, but I've been away uh, for a, a couple of weeks in June. Yeah, I was over in England for, for two weeks, uh, with a, not with Jackie and Steve, uh, although they were in, in the UK at the same time, uh, I was over in England with a, another seven pastors from Baptist churches in Victoria. And we were doing uh, what they called a study tour. Uh, so basically we went around and saw a whole lot of different ministries, churches, uh, expressions of faith, within some, most of them within the Baptist movement in, in um, England, but some of them not. Um, and, and seeing what God is doing and seeing what he's up to uh, and... There was a lot to take in and a lot to, uh, to digest, and so I'm not going to give you the full rundown of what we did, because we saw about, uh, on average, three different places a day, um, and spent an hour or two with each, sort of taking in all their, what they're doing. Um, a lot of them had written books, so they're giving us a book and telling us about this website and this resource, and so there was a lot, but a lot of cool things that are happening uh, across the body of Christ throughout England, and really around the world, it's just a snapshot of what what is happening uh, throughout the church worldwide. There is, if you think that every church looks like this, um, it doesn't. 
There's a lot of different expressions of faith and a lot of different expressions of what it means to be a Christian and a Christ follower, uh, especially in different contexts where this setup might not work. And so we got to see a few of those and uh, see some great um, partnerships with local um, services and agencies that the church was able to connect with and, and really work together to bring about um, some, some great change for, for local communities and neighbourhoods and a whole lot of um, really interesting things. So I'm more than happy to, to talk to you and I will share some stories over the, the rest of the year as they fit into to what I'm talking about. Um, but it's going to be one of those things, that's, it's a bit more of a slow burn that's uh, going to help shape some ministry decisions going forward, uh, not only for us here, maybe in sale, but also for the Baptist Union of Victoria, uh, the group that went across was sort of sent across to think, how can, what can we learn from what they're doing in England, uh, where maybe they're a little bit more post-Christian than what even we are, or a bit more post-church than, than what we are culturally, um, and so what can we learn about what's, uh, what they're doing and how they're adapting to that. So that was that, and that was cool. All right, let's jump in. We're in a little series called Hearing God. Uh, Lauren set up this beautifully for us last week, looking at the, the beginning of the, um, the Lord's Prayer. And I want to share a story in, in 1 Samuel 3, which is maybe, a, a, if you think about hearing God's voice, maybe this is a story that comes to mind um, of Samuel and Eli. And so let's read the story, and then let's look at a few things that... Um, the guy might want to talk to us about if we would hear his voice on it. All right, no more puns about that. All right, the boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. Now, we could just pause on that moment to say, maybe that's true, maybe for your life personally, maybe that's true for us culturally, that the word of the Lord was rare, prophetic um, visions were not widespread. And so, maybe there's something really relevant for us in this story. So let's tune in and see what happens. Verse 2. One day Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was located. And then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call Eli replied, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. I didn't call my son, he replied, go back and lie down. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, he went to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. So God, we come before you this morning and we ask that you would help us to to hear your voice. God, speak, your servant is listening. That's our prayer this morning, that you would help us to, to still ourselves and to position ourselves in a way in which we might be able to hear you more clearly. And God, I pray that you would help us to, to not only hear, but put into action what it is you're, you're wanting to speak to us about. 
And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't want to alarm you, but at the moment, the AFL is up to round 17. If you're an AFL fan, that means it is getting very close to finals. And one thing that I always find interesting about uh, the AFL season, or any sports, if you're into lacrosse or polo or croquet or curling or whatever sport that is on offer um, for you, is that generally speaking, especially team sports, is there's a, there's a whole season and then at the end of that season, there's like the top eight or the top whatever teams then get to start almost another season. Uh, it's like all, that, all those games sort of count for nothing apart from your position on the ladder. And it's only if you find that position then you're able to compete for the real prize or the real um, premiership or the real, the real goal that everyone wants. And, you know, without that position, you can play well all year. Someone was telling me yesterday, you know, oh, when teams are losing by a lot, maybe they have different KPIs, maybe they're just focusing on how many tackles they get, but that's all well and good. But if you could be the, the best tackling team in the league all year and still finish outside of the eight and then miss your chance to play finals. It's all about your position at the end of the season as to whether or not you can go on and play. This morning, I want to suggest that our position before God matters in the same way, that when we position ourselves correctly before God, we are able to hear his voice. And without that position, it's really hard or almost impossible to hear God's voice, especially if we want to. I mean, there are times, and um, you can go and look at different times in the, in the Bible where God just spoke to people regardless if they wanted to listen or not, um, especially thinking of um, Saul in Acts. Uh, but the majority of the time, people who heard God's voice were positioned in such a way that they were able to hear when God was speaking to them. And so I want us to look at this uh, story of Samuel and Eli and see how Samuel and Eli positioned themselves before God so they were able to hear uh, God's voice. So Samuel, um, if you know anything about his life, he was the, the promised child or the miracle child of uh, of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. You can read about that. She was a prayer, prayerful mother, previously barren, and promised, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him to the house of the Lord, and he will be your servant. And um, you can read all that. And so that's why Samuel is in uh, the house of the Lord, in God's house with Eli, because he was put there because God promised Hannah a child, and Hannah kept her end of the bargain, and Samuel was given to God. Um, and so Although Samuel really wasn't one from the right family, he wasn't someone special in any way, shape, or form because of his bloodline, he was um, someone who God spoke to. And I think even just that point alone is something that we can hold dear to our hearts. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how special you think you are or think you are not. The God wants to speak to you. He's not after the, the elite. He's not after the rich. He's not after the poor. He's just after you. He's after your heart. Wherever you find yourself this morning, he wants to speak to you. Samuel was obedient and he gave Eli great respect. Uh, Eli was like a father to Samuel. Um, like I said, Samuel grew up in the house of God. He saw people come and go. Um, he saw sacrifice after sacrifice. He would have seen people in and out, in and out of the temple all the time. And so he was given to God by his mother. He grew up in the house of God and he was doing God's work. And we could just stop there and just think about those three um, points alone. 
the, the idea that we are given to God, we grow up in his house, and we do his work. And in fact, that's probably a great model for raising kids, isn't it? Given to God, in his house, doing his work. A great model of discipleship right there. But we're not talking about that this morning. Samuel is known for hearing God's voice and being an influencer. And so what can we learn? I've got five points. I know it's not a very Baptist thing to do to do five. And you're probably thinking, gosh, I want to have lunch. So we'll five quick points. Five quick points. But hopefully these will help us to understand how Samuel positioned himself. So this one, position yourself underneath. Position yourself to be poured into. Um, I've done, we've done plenty of renovations in our past and uh, part of the house that you renovate over time is the, the bathroom and you can put a new shower in or, or, or what have you. And, and whenever we've put a new shower in, we've always put the shower head at the top. We've never put a shower head on the bottom. Maybe, I mean, I'm up for trying different things, but I've never put a shower head on the floor. For, and why wouldn't you do that? Gravity, right? I mean... You're just working against what is uh, a natural place, a natural thing in this world of that water falls down. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm a big believer that the things in this world, the things that God has created, the natural elements of this world reveal spiritual principles and spiritual ideas, that God uses everything to point to himself. And so I think even the idea of gravity that when we're under, we receive um, is a is a great picture of what it means to position ourselves before God. Psalm 42 verse 7 says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and billows have swept over me. Now, you don't get wet in a waterfall unless you're at the bottom. I mean, I've never, I'm not um, one to go under a waterfall, but I can pretty much guarantee that if you want to get wet in a waterfall, you have to go to the bottom. In James and Peter and Romans and Proverbs, there's this constant idea that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace, he speaks to those who are willing to humble themselves, to go underneath. And this is the first thing we see about Samuel is his position. Even when he thinks it's Eli talking to him, he says, speak, your servant is listening. I'm ready to hear what you've got to say. I'm ready to receive what you've got for me. Samuel's response to God's voice is saying, here I am, speak, your servant is listening. He was saying to God, he was saying to Eli, you're the master, I'm the servant. You've got something to say, I've got something to receive. A servant doesn't go to his master and say, listen, master, I've got something to tell you. I've got something to tell you, and you might laugh at that, but this is sometimes how we treat our prayer life. God, let me just tell you something that you should do for me. God, I need this, I need that, I want this, you need to change this. Now, don't get me wrong, he is a kind and loving God and he wants us to pour our hearts to him. But how much better to sit underneath our master, our God, and hear what it is that he wants to speak to us about. So Samuel is a child and he's ready to receive from God. Uh, He's got this sort of humility about him and it's sort of almost built into him. You know, Jesus says in Luke 18, verse 16, uh, he said, Let the little children come to me and don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There's something about a child, isn't there, that causes them just to instinctively know that they are less, that they need something from a grown-up in their life. They, They somehow know that they're helpless on their own. I mean, our youngest, Eden, who's not quite two yet, 
She doesn't cry when we get home. She cries when we leave home. She cries if, if one of us leaves and is, leaves it with the other parent. She cries when we leave because she, she needs us. She, needs, she instinctively knows, I need um, my parents in my life. I need these grown-ups in my life. And so I want us to take that idea on board, to position ourselves like Samuel, like a child underneath the master, ready to receive from him. And not only do we need to position ourselves underneath God, like he is our master, I think there's something here as well about the way Samuel positioned himself just under Eli, under the human authority that was over his life at the time. In 1 Peter 5 verse 5, which is one of the verses here about being um, resisting the proud and giving grace to the humble, just before that it says, In the same way you who are younger be subject to the elders, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So Samuel was both under God and under Eli. He didn't not listen to Eli, um, but instead heard God because of his position under Eli. Sometimes the voice of God is not as recognisable as we want it to be. And I think that's... And one of the reasons is because God puts us under leadership. He puts us under certain people at certain seasons of our life. It doesn't mean those people are always right. It doesn't mean those people are always uh, as holy as they should be or set apart as they should be or being standard, but there is something that God wants to use in our natural authority, however you want to uh, frame that, in our church system, in our church structure, to help us hear from him. I know this is true of my story. I wouldn't be here today if this, wasn't, um, if this didn't happen for me. When I was 18 years old, I was called by the deacons at the time of this church, and they said to me, Brad, we think that you should uh, consider becoming the youth pastor of this church. And to me, at the time, I, I, I honestly really wasn't thinking about doing anything like that with my life. I was thinking about um, a whole lot of other things, and I wasn't thinking about, oh, maybe I should become a youth pastor. Um, I was definitely heavily involved in the church and doing lots of stuff and, and loved doing it. But it wasn't until they said that to me that I began to think, maybe there's something in this. God, what are you saying to me? And sure enough, over a period of, of months, that was the course of action that I took. And I'm here now largely because of that group of people that were willing enough, obedient enough to say to someone, hey, we see this in your life. Would you consider it? And I think there's times where there's other Christians in our life. Maybe they have authority over us. Maybe they're just a connect group leader. Maybe they're just a ministry leader. Maybe they're just a friend. But there's other Christians in our life and they say, hey, have you thought about this? And we can, we can use those opportunities to say, God, are you speaking? Speak, God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. What do you have to say to me, God? Is there anything in this? Sometimes we just want to hear directly from God, but God has placed us in a family, in a system, in a church to help us to hear his voice. And so submit yourselves to one another. Submit yourselves to leaders in your life. It says in 1 Samuel 3, in the verse, verses we read at the start, in verse 7, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So uh, commentators would say that Samuel was quite young in his faith. He's maybe young um, just in his age, but he hadn't 
been acquainted with hearing from God before, and so he really needed the assistance of Eli, who had grown up hearing God's voice, who had learnt to, um, to discern what it is that God is saying. And this takes incredible humility, because leaders aren't perfect, but they're, they're there because God wants them there. And, I mean, we could just go into the... It's just countercultural in our Western culture. I mean, we're, especially in Australia... Um, the idea of submitting to anyone in leadership or authority of us would, would do what we have to do, but um, that's about it. And even then, I'm not sure I'll, I'll do what I have to do. Um, it's, it's sort of in our culture and in our, in our DNA in a lot of ways, but the kingdom of God operates in a different way. Anyway, I said I'd be quick on each point. And that was number one. Number two. All right, so we position ourselves underneath. We position ourselves for a purpose bigger than ourselves. So your servant is listening is what Samuel's response is. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to whack. There's this anticipation in his response that he is listening to obey. He's listening to act on what he is he hears. Give me the command and I'll do what you what you command. A servant does what the master wants. The very word servant in that response gives us the indication that he is ready to obey a command. He's ready to do something for the master. Samuel was ready to move and act. He wasn't listening for himself but he was listening for the sake of the master. He had a responsive heart. He, didn't li- he, he wasn't listening just to hear an opinion. God, speak to me because I want to hear what your thoughts are on this matter and then I'll weigh them up with what my thoughts are and what other people's thoughts are and then I'll mix them all together and just take the best option. Sometimes we go to God before that, like that, and that's why we don't hear God's voice because he's, he's wanting to speak to us when we're ready to obey what it is he's calling us to do, regardless of whether we like it or not. He listened with the intent to act and respond. Let's go to number three. Number three, he listened without assumption. Without assumption. Do you have people in your life that are like sentence finishers and you're talking to them and they just keep like butting in and it's like, you mean this? And it's like, no, oh, you don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Like you're trying to tell them a story, you're trying to give them a piece of information and they, I'm, I'm like this, I'm a terrible sentence finisher, um, butting in, not listening properly. Um, and sometimes we can do that with God. It's like God wants to speak to us about something and we've got an idea of, and so then we just assume we know the steps to get there. We assume we know who he's talking about or when he's saying it or how it is to happen. We need to listen without assumption, position ourselves without assumption. Speak what you want to say, God. Not what I want to hear or what I think I already know. You know, one of our values is that we're truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. Not just where we want to go, but wherever he wants to take us. Samuel didn't say much in this exchange with God. He just said, here I am, speak. Your servant is listening. He didn't preempt the conversation And say, God, would you speak to me about this? Would you speak to me about that? Would you speak to me about that person? Because they're really doing the wrong thing and I want to know what you think about it so I can tell them that God told me. No, speak, your servant is listening. Without assumption. Often when we go to prayer before God and we want to hear his voice on the matter, we go with the subject in mind. We go with like, God, I'm praying for this and I want to know what you think about this. And that's not a bad thing to pray, don't get me wrong. But when's the last time you went to God and say, speak about anything? 
whatever it is that you want to speak about, God. You determine the subject. You determine what it is, who it's for, how it's to play out in my life. I'm not going to assume I know anything about what you want to speak to me about. Listen without assumption. A hearing ear is what Samuel had. He was ready to listen. Even when we come in on a Sunday, what is our position before God? Are we coming in with a hearing ear to hear what it is that God wants to speak to us about? Or are we coming in with an assumption of like, I don't know how this is going to go. We're going to do a few songs. Someone's going to get up. We're going to talk to people that's so uncomfortable. Then someone's going to get us and tell us something. And then we'll have some tea and coffee and bickies and go home. I know how it works. I'll play that song I like and then the song I don't like and then the preacher I like or the preacher I don't like will get up. Do you have a hearing ear? God, I'm going to come this morning just to hear what you want to say. It doesn't matter who it's through. It doesn't matter how it comes. But I want to hear what you have to say. Do you come ready to hear God's voice? I have to tell you, when I was across in London, there were lots of peoples and ministries that I saw and experienced and heard, and I thought, oh, no, can't agree with what you're doing here. But I had to humble myself and God, speak to me anyway. Show me what it is you want me to see. Help me understand your perspective. Don't let me assume I know what you think about this. Help me see. Help me hear. Don't assume. When you're in a small group and something is being talked about, what is God trying to say to you in that moment? Or have you assumed it's, that's not for me? I know who that is for. And you can always, and maybe even this morning you're thinking, oh man, I know who would be good to hear this message. Have you ever thought that in a, in a, is that just me? Haven't we all? Oh man, if so-and-so heard this message, I hope they really are listening. I reckon that's the Holy Spirit just reminding you, hey, are you listening? Are you listening? Don't assume. Don't assume you know. You might think you know. You might think you've got this area of your life sorted out, but don't assume. Let me speak to you. Speak, your servant is listening. Number four, Samuel was where he was supposed to be. He was where he was supposed to be. I'm terrible at losing my keys and my wallet all the time. All the time. They're never where they're supposed to be. And I don't know who doesn't put them where they're supposed to be, but someone in my life is always just putting them down in a place they're not supposed to be. And then I can't find them. Uh, and then I'll walk out the house and wonder, um, no, nah, no, nah, car's not going to go without keys or get down the street without my wallet. Can't buy that without. Are you where you're supposed to be? Samuel was in his bed where he was meant to be. He was free to listen to God without shame without needing to hide anything, any part of his life. He was where he was supposed to be. He wasn't like Adam and Eve in Genesis who were hiding because they were doing or where they shouldn't be. He was in bed because it was bedtime. Are we ready to say, here I am, Lord, at all times? Are you ready to say, here I am right now? Are you where you are supposed to be in your life right now? Are you... Are you obedient to the things you know God has already called you to? Or are you hoping that God will speak to you when you know you are somehow disobeying what it is that God is wanting you to do? And maybe God's just waiting for you to just obey the first command, <laughs> obey the first thing. 
You know, Charles Spurgeon says this. He says, Brothers and sisters in Christ, that we may all live in such a position that whenever the Lord calls to us, we may be able to answer without shame, Here I am. We should never be where we would be ashamed to meet our master. Where are we supposed to be? We're, we're supposed to be in a relationship with God, in God's house, in unity with his bride, with his church, a part of God's mission. Are you ready to say, speak, your servant is listening? Are you where you're supposed to be? And finally, the fifth thing is that Samuel was positioned to hear God's voice. Positioned to hear God's voice. I don't know if it's just me or if other people can relate to this, but if I'm watching something on the TV and someone's trying to talk to me, it's like they're not even talking. It's not like I hear something in the background. It's, I just don't hear at all. I can only focus, and I'm very simple. I've told you this many times, and I apologize that I'm your senior pastor as well, but I'm a very simple person, and I can only focus on one thing at a time. Um, and if someone else is trying to interrupt that thing, I've, not that I'm ignoring, I'm just blatantly not hearing. There are a lot of voices that come into our life. There are a lot of things that vie for our attention and vie for our affection. And if there is something else that has got our affection and our attention in the way that only God is supposed to, and we're, supposed, and we're trying to hear God at the same time as putting our attention and our affection in something else, there is no wonder we can't hear God's voice. We need to position ourselves to hear God's voice to turn off the noise, to turn off the TV, to turn off the things of this world that are trying to get our attention in the way that God is supposed to have it. Samuel was able to move past hearing what he thought Eli was saying to hear what God was saying. Samuel needed Eli's help to understand it was God's voice. And Samuel could have easily thought after the third time, it's just Eli, he's old. He just forgot that he called out to me. By the time I got out of bed and went to his, he's forgotten. He's early onset dementia. He's just forgotten what he's, what he's doing and what he's saying. But no, he was able to go, okay, God, what is it that you want us to say? What do you want to speak to me about? And so God speaks to Samuel, and this is Eli's response. I mean, we won't, don't have time to go through the whole story, but in a few verses down in verse 15... Samuel lay down until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision because the vision that Samuel received was not pretty for Eli to hear. It wasn't a nice, like, go get him, Eli. You're a champion. <laughs> like, it wasn't a... It was about his son. Uh, it, was, it wasn't nice anyway. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, here I am, answered Samuel. What's the message he gave you? Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. May God punish you and do so severely if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and did not hide anything from him. Eli responded, he is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. I mean, that is the position of humility, isn't it? He is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Because sometimes what he thinks is good is definitely not what we think is good. They don't always line up. And if you're anything like me, you might think to yourself, I know what's gooder than what he knows is gooder. I know what's really good. He doesn't really know what's good. So I'm just going to do what I think is good. 
and just pretend maybe that wasn't God's voice. Maybe that wasn't God speaking to me about that. Eli allowed God to speak to him in a powerful way through a child. Don't forget that either. You know, we talked about submitting ourselves under leadership. What about submitting yourself to your children? Submitting yourselves to those that are younger in the faith around you. When they see something or observe something about faith or about God, about our culture, about whatever it is, are we ready? God, what are you saying? What are you speaking to that child about? What are you speaking to that person about? And what, what is the message for me? Eli was ready to hear what God was saying. But he wasn't so arrogant or full of pride that he was not allow God to use a child to speak to him. It's so easy for us to be full of pride and not allow God to speak to us through people that maybe we don't like or people that maybe we think they're too immature, they're too young, they're not from the right household, they're not from the right, they don't have the right teaching, they don't have the right degree behind them, they don't have the right gender, they don't have the right this, they don't have the right that. And we dismiss all these different things and don't allow ourselves to hear God's voice. You know, in the next few weeks, uh, on, starting on Tuesday night, we're going to be uh, doing a joint connect group um, series for five weeks. And we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice. Um, but connect groups are a perfect way, a great way to hear, maybe not a perfect way, that's probably the wrong word, a great way to hear God's voice in your life. As you discuss and as you pray for, as you challenge and, uh, and, cha- and are challenged yourself, different people. And so if you're not a part of a connect group, Tuesday night here at the church, there's, I think there's eight different connect groups or nine different connect groups that are joining in together to do this course together. And we're going to uh, listen to some teaching together, then break into Everyone's going to be in a, a new group, in a different group. And so I really encourage you, I think at 7 o'clock it starts on Tuesday night um, here in the building. Uh, it's a great way to see what connect groups are like and maybe get involved in one in the future. But connect groups are a great, great way, amongst other believers, to hear God's voice. From those that you think, are, oh, they really are a super spiritual, holy person. And even those that you think, oh, they're a bit young in the faith. I don't know if I could hear anything from, from them. But submit yourselves. Be humble. Speak. Your servant is listening. God can and he does use anyone. But he wants you to tune into his voice. And so the question is, are you listening? Are you in the right position? Position yourself to hear from him. The team's going to come up and we're going to sing and worship and um, connect with God one last time before we close, but I wonder if one of those five areas to position yourselves is one that you need to think about a little bit more intentionally this week, whether it's being underneath, for a purpose, without assumption, where you're supposed to be, or to hear God's voice. I'd love us to stand and to pray together. And maybe for this morning, the step of obedience is just a, a renewed surrender to God. To say, God, you are master. I'm your servant. You know more than I do. 
maybe um, in your life there has been no intention recently to try to hear God's voice because why would you? Your life's good. Or you've got things sorted out. You've got most things sorted out. It's good enough. Why would you want to hear God's voice? I want to challenge you or encourage you. Maybe this morning there's a, a fresh surrender that God wants you to have. To come before Him and say, speak, your servant is listening. I don't know what you want to speak to me about. I don't want to set the agenda, God, but I just want you to speak into my life because your words are words of life. They're words of healing. They're words of refreshing. They're words of purpose. They're eternal words. They're life-giving words. And so, God, this morning we come before you and we pray that you would have your way in our life. We pray that you would help us to surrender ourselves, to come without assumption, to come to hear your voice, to come humbly before you. Speak, your servants are listening, is our prayer this morning. Whatever it is you want to speak to us about, whoever you want to speak to us through. Lord God, we are so in awe of who you are. God, we know that you are King of kings, Lord of lords, that you are ruler of the heavens and the earth. And God, yet you want to speak to us. God, you have something to say to us, something to encourage us in, something to challenge us in, some purpose to give. So God, would you help us to align ourselves and to face you in a way that is full of surrender, full of humility, ready to act, ready to obey. God, we pray that you would speak to us. Maybe even now during these, this moment of singing and worship to you, God, speak. We're listening. Lord God, we love you so much. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.